Welcome to another episode of 50 Shades of Shilamita with your hostess, Shilamita. Today, I'm super excited to bring to you an amazing, amazing human that I actually got to spend some time with in person. We're going to dive deep into all the things about her today. Juliet is a certified mind and body coach, a hypnotherapist, and an expert on relationships, sensuality, healing, trauma, and body shame. She specializes in the reinvention of the most intimate relationship in life, the one that you have with yourself. With courses, coaching, VIP experience, and retreats, Juliet has guided and mentored thousands of women over the past decade and a half, rewrite their relationship with self-confidence, their bodies, mind, and spirit using her unique rapid release, rewire, and restore method, which I got to witness in person. Her mission is to create a world where every woman remembers the truth of who they are and where scrumptiousness, pleasure, ease, spirituality, and sensuality are prioritized. She is a mother of four and they are all in their early 20s and she loves them fiercely. Please welcome to the show, Juliet Von Schardenberg. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, that's such a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. I love it. It reminds me of like the sound of music, right? With the Von Trapp family. <laughs> Kind far, of, yes. Far from it, far from it, but that's like where my mind went at first. Oh, well, well, you know, I was that family, that blended family of seven children at one point. Oh, yeah? Okay, there we go. Did you guys sing is the question. Yeah, some of them did. I didn't so much, but they did. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's amazing. Coming from a big family is just, it's on another level, right? I mean, you have four children, so you have created a large family and I love it. I love being a mom now to all the, and, and I didn't like it at first. At first it was like too much for me. I was like, what did I do? Where is my freedom? Why did I do this? But now that they're coming into themselves and becoming more human, I guess it's really a fun thing. And with the four older children, I'm sure that you're living through the same. It's beautiful. You know, I mean, I had four year, four kids in under three years time, right? So everyone's wow. like, yo, crazy. I'm like, yep, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Definitely. But at the same time, it's, they didn't really need a lot of outside friends. When they brought one friend along, they're like, whoa, we got all these people to play with. <laughs> so they've, they've really grown up as their own little community. And they're just, you know, if I look at them now, they're, they're, they're super close together they share everything yeah it's it's been it's been really beautiful that's wonderful I want to dive deep into how you got into sensuality and I love when you say the word scrumptious it just does something to it say it to me Julia <laughs> scrumptiousness darling <laughs> and it's funny right someone was asking me on a podcast the other day it's like why what's that word scrumptious I just said scrumptious to me feels like it's the life force it's our energy it's our chi it's 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 everything that's moving through us and it's just what pleasure and what life is about right. it's that that beauty and it doesn't have to be pleasure doesn't have to be deeply sexual or anything but it can just be where do you have your little bundles of joy where do you where do you find the scrumptiousness of life how can you just have a bit of say a, a sun ray on your shoulders and then just go ah oh, it's it's you talk about it in gratitude I talk about it in, in scrumptiousness 
No, I love it. I love that word. And and I love what you said that pleasure doesn't have to come from sexuality. Because mm-hmm. I think that when you say the word pleasure, that's automatically what people think, right? And there's this whole life of pleasure and scrumptiousness and sensuality that doesn't have to be sexual. And a lot of people have a hard time with that because I feel like more people are traumatized sexually than we really realize. I think that a lot of people have dealt with things throughout their childhood and their lives and stuff. And so when we become adults, we almost feel like we can't have this pleasure circle or, you know, be sensual or sexual without an attachment to it. And also just to how I define trauma is anything that happened too soon, too quick for your psyche or for your body to Um, handle. So most of us have had that. And just like when you were saying a lot of us have had sexual trauma, it could be just the way that someone looked at you. Right. Or a mark about your body that had you feel, you know, because no one can make you feel. It's like a little, a little language thing there. But someone can have you feel like crap or can have you feel violated. Yeah. You know, cat whistles, all of this goes like, oh, you know, I don't feel safe in my body anymore. And more and more of us have that and are starting to realize it's like, oh, there's some stuck stuff in our body or in our psyche. And by becoming aware of it, that is really our first step towards self-love. And then, you know, sex is the most natural thing in the world, yet it's the most hush thing about, you know, it's like, oh my God, we can't talk about it. When I moved to England from uh, from Switzerland, I had my, my two boys in Switzerland and then I moved to England and I had twin girls. And I asked my husband's, uh, cousin I'm like so what do you call a vagina you know like what do you call it in English what do you call it she has three girls and she said okay well my front are their front bottoms I'm like they're what <laughs> their front bottoms I'm like yeah no that's not gonna work I'm not gonna let my girls say front bottom and back bottom I'm like what do you say for the bottom then it's like bottom I'm like oh bottom and front bottom is it? that makes it really easy but then you just kind of see how conditioned we are it's because maybe our parents didn't let us or school and it's you know if we can just be open about having names for things you know vulva bodied pussy whatever you want to call it you know vagina but it's like actually just realizing there are words for this and like you know we don't have to call it something else and there doesn't need to be shame around it right we were I was in Miami this weekend and one of the women there is an OnlyFans model and she was saying how she got married young and she came from a religious family she was a pastor before she became a OnlyFans model and what she said was in her marriage that she actually didn't know that she was allowed to say no. Oh, such a good one. Yes. I I just got chills saying that out loud because I was like, wait a second. Like you, she said that for, you know, four or five years, like with her husband, she never knew that she was allowed to say no. She was conditioned into, she had no authority over her own body. Mm -hmm. And it like made me really start to think about that. Like how many women out there are living through the same thing, especially like women who are, have been brought up in like a religious family where, you know, you're supposed to get married or the marriage is set up and and this is your job your job is to service your husband right and wow like what a crazy thinking that you can't say no mind blown right yeah 
that's the thing it's like one of the biggest thing is where I teach women is to learn how to say no what does no feel like in your body because often when people ask us would you like to get to the movies are you coming for dinner and actually doesn't suit us but we say yes and we go and then we're like "Eh, didn't really feel good and where you know it's like just start practicing saying no what does that feel like in the beginning it's really damn uncomfortable and then after a while it's like oh no feels really good I'm just gonna go around the world and say no for a while and then but then realizing that no is a full sentence yeah. you know I've taught my my girls this money and then my my twins are 22 now and I've really said like hey no is a full sentence you do not need to give an explanation if your boyfriend asks you know do you want to have sex or do you want to be touched and you just say no that's it you don't have to appease him you don't have to actually try to not hurt his feelings or someone else's feelings because what you're doing by that is actually ultimately hurting yourself because you'll make up some little white lie which your body then realizes like no that's not actually the truth well that's it comes all the way back to that self-love piece right like if you love yourself enough then you need to know like what is it that is it that you don't love what is it that is acceptable what is not acceptable it's that whole boundary piece around you know like this is okay for the moment but maybe tomorrow it's not okay so last night I was having sex with my husband it's been a couple days and it was like that that spark reignites I love that and in this pleasure I was manifesting right coming off of the weekend that I just came off of and the luxury that I would just came off of and it was just so sensual and scrumptious (laughs) and the thoughts that were like emanating off of me and then and, you know, as I was preparing for our show today, I was like, wow, like there's so many women who don't even enjoy having sex, right? Mm-hmm. Forget about like being able to get to the point where I was yesterday in this grand manifestation of what I was calling into my life. But I'm like, there are just women who don't even love themselves. And in Mexico, when we were together, I witnessed you doing a healing session with somebody. All you did was put your hands on her and all of a sudden it was like years of trauma and trapped like craziness I I mean it was like wild to witness because it was unexpected when it happened but can you talk to us a little bit about that how did you get into this how did you know that this was a calling for you oh it's so interesting right so I I mean go back a little bit it's married very happily married but grew apart so divorced my husband then went straight into to another relationship with a guy with three three daughters so seven children big house seven different bedrooms seven different schools seven different personalities holidays I mean it was like running an army until my body at one point just gave up I spent nine months going in and out of hospital all the time and I couldn't do anything without being aided because I kept fainting so hit rock bottom and a lot of people have to kind of hit rock bottom to change so that was my rock bottom story and fast forward that's how I really got into much more the personal development um, side of it before that I'd really gotten into psychology to try and help my kids I became a senko and helped to kids on the learning um, 
spectrum on, you know, just, just had difficulties or disadvantages or help them with that. Come this, I was like, okay, I'm going deep into spirituality, into really learning who I am. Something's got to give. So I went to this one course and I remember that there was this something there and I was like, okay, these people are asking me questions that I've never even had asked by my husband of so many years, my boyfriend, my kids. And I was like, what is this? I want to learn what, what, how we can, how we can actually be on that hot seat, how we can coach like this. So fast forward, uh, I became a director of a conscious sexuality um, movement in London and brought their first coaching program to, to the UK, uh, went, and in that I remember in one of their courses, I got flogged in between my shoulder blades and the person that was doing it wasn't doing it hard enough. And I was like, okay, there's something I could just feel my body start to move, start to vibrate. And I'm like, oh, it's almost like, like a chrysalis, like, like, you know, the butterfly is about to come in. Oh, and I could feel that the back of my lungs. I'm like, so I asked the, the dominatrix and her assistant I'm like could both of you flog me and I said something big is coming and they're like okay and I said yeah something it has been stuck there for a long long time so they went and at one point it was like wow it really felt like something left my body and all the sexual trauma that I'd repressed or that my psyche had just kind of like shoved under the carpet because I wasn't ready for it came flooding in so I could see everything I could hear it I could taste it everything just came flooding in and not in a bad way but it was just like I was like, whoa, this is what was underneath it. So before really knowing that to move through something, you have to duplicate it. I went back to London and I hired a dom and I reenacted my date rape with five guys, but gave it a different ending. And so this is how my whole BDSM, you know, dominatrix uh, career started because of doing the work with him, realizing that actually that's how you can release a lot of sexual trauma. So that's what I took a lot of my clients through. And there was a lot of tantra. And it was just like this sensuality is really like the life force in us. And people do not have access to it. We shut down our light. And then because we've triggered people, because people have hurt us, people have said remarks about it, but then we shut down that light and then we become dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And that actually is the energy. And people feel that when they're around us. They're like, whoa, you're really alive. What's happening? And they don't feel like the sexuality, but they feel like the aliveness. Okay, so we have to rewind now because... (laughs) (laughs) That was just everything in like three minutes. (laughs) Now we have to rewind because I know things about you, but the audience does not. So we're going to rewind. First of all, can you explain to everybody what a dom or a dominatrix is? Yes. So really interesting because most people think about a dominatrix as this person in tight leather or latex clothes and yeah some people do have tight leather or latex clothes and often we think about a dom a dom or dominant or dominatrix being the one that's really mean and and you know and getting her people her subs to you know do what they want but actually 
being the dominant person means that you are in service to the submissive because the submissive can let go and they can get into this beautiful place of complete surrender and as a dom you have to hold that space so that means you have to look at every single breath they take at what's happening in their body you can even start tracking what trauma is happening or what the thoughts might be and only then can you either land uh, use actually physical impact or flog or, or a flogger or a hand or you can just do things like psychological all right, Chilamita, look down at your hands. Good girl. Good girl. Oh, I didn't tell you that you could look up. There you go. Good girl. I like it when you when you behave. Now you may look at the camera again. I love when you huh? talk like that. <laughs> Just notice where so many people are like, oh my God, that's really weird. But it's like, mm -hmm. there's some energy there, right? And it's like, oh, I either like it or I don't like it, but... I'm willing to explore this. Well, so I don't like being told what to do. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I know. For me, I don't like being told what to do, but the way that you approach me and you're speaking. So for those of you that are watching or listening to the show right now, Juliet and I have been in a mastermind container together for like a year and a half now, right? It's been like a long know, time. Right? And a few, a few months ago, 18 of us met in Tulum, Mexico, and Juliet brought all of her toys and brought out the dom the whole time she was there. And it was fun. I enjoyed because I don't like being told what to do, but when you put this sensual whisper into it, and all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe I do like being told. <laughs> you know, it's like different when somebody comes at you and they're like, you got to do this and you got to do it this way, blah, 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 right? Like it's like that tonality, but then you are like, have this like sensuality about you where it's like, all right, well, what else is she going to tell me to do right it's kind of let's play and let's see let's what's play. alive. Let's play, let's see what's alive. And sometimes there's nothing. And that's the beautiful thing about sensuality. Things change like that. You know, I know all of us would love a proper formula. It's like, I'm going to kiss her here on the right, right part of the neck, right under her earlobe. And then, you know, I'm going to be in like a big dog. But no, that doesn't quite work. Right? So sometimes it's just like, you know, just whispering in someone's ear saying, oh, you've been naughty. And you can just play around with, with words like that. And it's like, oh, maybe actually this today is great. And also being honest saying, mm, yeah, no, today that doesn't float my but thank you. So for somebody who doesn't know what flogging is, can you give us a little explanation of what that is? For those of you who are listening on your podcast station, you're going to have to go watch this episode on YouTube at 50 Shades of Shilamita because Juliet is now showing us what a flog is. So I think... I mean, I'm just trying to think. So a flogger is usually something with a long handle. It's usually leather or suede, although they do make it in different um, different materials. And then it has falls. So falls are the pieces of leather, suede, string that actually come out of the handle. So it's a bit like a pom-pom, but longer. And then with pieces of fabric that can create an impact on the skin. Right. You can hear it now. And... Of course, you know, who are people are vegan, they do vegan ones, they do string ones, they do all kinds of other ones. I love but that. This, Animal conscious. This is impact play. <laughs> this is one of the, the things that we have for impact play. I love floggers because and I love a really 
31, the sound of it and the, the impact on the shoulders or on someone's bum, you know, you have to be careful not to, to hit this in, in places like kidneys and things, but it can just like create that sensation. It's like, oh my God, I'm safe. Just like, you know, when you tie someone up, people would think, oh my God, I, I want to get out of that. But actually it creates a lot of safety. It creates like, like babies, we swaddle them. So you can actually do that with rope. You can do that with holding someone really tight. And then the nervous system's like, whoa, I can actually relax in this. And that's when you often see people start to shake. Like what we saw with, with the person that, that we, that in, in Tulum, that, you know, she started to shake and then like quiver. And all of us, that's why I was directing everyone's like, here, put your hands there, this, and just hold her. Because oftentimes we haven't been held as a child or in, you know, in growing up. It's just, it's so powerful. And for those of you listening or watching, I just want you to picture 18 of us in a house together. And next door was like a bachelor party of some sort. (laughs) (laughs) Their balcony had full view to what we were doing in our yard. And one of our women decided that she was going to be topless the whole time, which gave everybody permission to be topless. So at some point there was a lot of nipples out in our yard. And then here comes Juliet with a whole (laughs) bag of kitties of fun (laughs) ropes and flogs and chains and I don't even know what you have there but it was quite the experience and and I'm sure that it made some people very uncomfortable but for those of us who were comfortable with it it was such an experience because like let's face it who has friends who are doms and who show up with floggers and I think like that was my perception too that a dominatrix is somebody who dresses in black spandex leather and beats you right like I always thought that it was more about like pain not pleasure but you showed up and you were all about this pleasure and the sensuality and and I was like oh I'm kind of digging this <laughs> maybe I well, want for to- me it's all it's all sensation right so at one point I brought up the fork and the knot and the fork and the spoon and yes. it's like oh yes. what is a metal fork I mean all the kinds of stuff that we have in our kitchen a whisk what does that feel like on your skin and that doesn't have anything to do with being a dominatrix but that's all my other stuff my my tantra and my erotic blueprint coaching and all the stuff that I've learned over the years. But it's kind of like, oh, where can we just pick up anything and kind of like, oh, be curious about it. What does that feel like on my skin? Like a little duster. I've just, I have these sitting around next to my my office because (laughs) I like the way it kind of feels, right? So it's one of those I don't know, microfiber fluffers. And you, just, yeah. you just rub it next to your ear and you're like, oh, yeah. Don't want it a bit harder. Don't want it stroking down. Softer. It's all about awakening the senses. Completely. It is. So something that we did in Miami, you would have loved this. We went to brunch and part of the brunch experience was they brought a bowl out in front of us and then they poured chocolate all over our hands, asked us to wash our hands with the chocolate then they came out with sugar and had us like 
fully and all. It was so erotic and sensual and it just like opened up all of the flavor and, you know, it was like this expansive experience in having a meal. Like it's not, you're just going to sit down and eat. You're going to feel it. You're going to touch it. You're going to smell it. You're going uh-huh. to like experience all of these things. And it's kind of like what I would imagine that you are doing in your work with women or men is opening up this feeling, right? Because ultimately what people don't realize is during those first seven years of our life that we become traumatized. And, and for some people, it doesn't have to be that you get raped or beaten, or it doesn't have to be this like horrible, horrible thing. But you know, you might've stood up in a classroom and everybody laughed at you. And all of a sudden you created these stories in your mind or, you know, like um, an uncle said something to you and that stuck with you forever. Right. And so we shut down this feeling part of us. And what people don't realize is the whole point of us being in this human existence is to feel, right? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I called my brand Feel Fully You. (laughs) And then I have to laugh about it because I'm like, oh, I don't want to feel today. No, 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 not today. It's really frigging inconvenient. I don't want to feel everything. Right. Because, you know, what I've been living through recently, I've really been engulfed in learning about God and Jesus and religion and spirituality. And, And what I'm realizing is that when we leave the earth plane or, and, and what I read in conversations with God is that we actually do leave with our body, that the dense matter of our body stays here, but the rest of our body actually goes right. And so when we're in the state of heaven, we can call it, or, you know, other realm or whatever you want to call it, we don't actually feel there. We just know, right? We just know that we are in this bliss state of being. So when we come into human life, we come here to feel, but we don't like to feel pain, anger, sadness, hurt. So then we spend our whole lifetime here in these bodies trying to avoid the exact thing that we came down here to feel. And it's so funny that you say this because I had a near-death experience when I was 18 months old. And I didn't remember about this until I started doing a sacred journey, sacred medicine journey. And in it, it was like, I just went through the the tunnel, like darkness up to the light and I became one. And it was like, I became the air and the wind and the the sun and everything. And I was like, whoo, ego death. Holy moly. I'm everything. Wow. I remember asking my sister, I'm like, yo, did I have a near death experience when I was about 18 months old? And she's like, yeah, we fished you out of the moat. And you were like face down because it was green algae. You just thought it was grass. I'm like, wow. Okay. Yes. That's what it was so then I explained to her I'm like so this is what happened I did this medicine journey and she was really ill in the hospital at that point so I remember coming to Holland and we were talking about it and then the day of when she died she's like oh beam you know it's my my nickname can can I go to the light now I'm like yes so every step of the way I've kind of like always somehow known what to do so I've used that for my sister then a year later it was my dad who also passed on and I remember you know he was incoherent and then the moment that I decided it's like okay we can do something about this now he woke up doctor was there I said daddy this is what's gonna happen and the relief on his face and his whole body's like finally 
six months later, my mom committed euthanasia. So the same thing. I'm like, okay, ready to go. This is how it was for me. It might be very different for you. But all seeing three of the people that I, I, I loved so much pass over within like two years space and all having had that experience of becoming one. It's like, whoa, it's pretty intense that if we listen to every little thing that's actually coming through, if we allow ourselves to feel it, then we'll know what the next step is and then we'll hear it. And then it's like little breadcrumbs, right? It's like, little breadcrumbs that's the next thing that I need to do I'm like okay it doesn't make sense but let's do it yeah well what I find interesting is that you know most people live life fearing death and what I've discovered recently that I I guess I was kind of naive to I didn't realize that most religions teach God as like this fearful entity right so a lot of people really live this fear-based life because of what they've been taught that the creator is going to do to them. And I find it to be so sad because I feel like there's this beautiful connection that we can have. And, you know, we're living this experience of feeling that we're shutting down ultimately so that we can go back up there and be like, okay, I've experienced that. And now I feel fulfilled. But it's like the very opposite. And it's very sad to me that this is what's happening. And my hope in doing this show is that we start opening up people's horizons to like this whole world, you know, like the whole Dom world. Like I had no idea. I had like my perception of what I thought it was. And then I get to meet you in person. And I'm like, wow, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then you have uh, this experience in Miami. And that's what I actually take my VIPs through and, and, and love in-person workshops. I'll give them blindfolds and then I'll give them a piece of fruit to smell and then to like really savor it. So say like a fig, you know, like just imagine that you have a fig in your hand and you bring it up to your nose and you close your eyes and you just smell that like honey smell and it almost has your yeah, you know, like the back of your throat is almost starting to drool and then you just touch it against your your face you feel that velvety skin and then you open it and you lick it just a little bit bring it to your mouth and then bite into it you can almost start salivating right salivating i don't even know how to say that word you have a little like pricklies in yeah i love it well you know it's another thing it's like when we eat we it's always a rush right we're in a rush we got to get the food in we're not eating for pleasure we're eating for right yeah, and I think you and I both have something in common that we lost, you know, shit ton of weight. Yes. <laughs> and it's yes. actually also by realizing it's like, oh, is the next bite giving me pleasure or right. not anymore? And that's how I talk to my couples who haven't had sex for 23 years. I'm like, is the next stroke or touch actually giving more pleasure or less? Because when it's giving less pleasure, let's just stop it right there and then say, hey, this was enough for now. And that's how you build capacity with people. Because if you haven't had sex for so long, then, you know, all of a sudden you start fondling and it's just, it's, you don't have a lot of capacity. <laughs> Two minutes of just stroking skin might be enough already. There's actually 
couples that have not had sex in 23 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's mind blowing for me that people would operate that way. And, but you know what, at the same time, like I can see it, right? Like my husband and I will go a couple of days without having sex. And all of a sudden I kind of forget like, right. And he's more sexual than I am believe it or not. And so like, then when we do have sex, it's so good. And I'm like, ah, like, why? <laughs> like, why do I wait? Right. Yeah. But and it's I also think- people have a different way into pleasure. Right. And we don't always know that. I didn't know this until I started studying the erotic blueprints that, you know, we can have, we can be really energetic and fuel everyone's energy. And that's also our way into pleasure. But then, you know, when there are dirty socks on the floor, we notice that we're like, eh. Or we're very sensual, you know, we like touch and the whole, like the whole uh, fig thing just now is like, oh, amazing. And then there are other people that are really sexual and that just want, you know, talk about, you know, the genitals and the act (laughs) and the whole climax. Climax is the the thing. And then you have people that love kink. And like I was saying, it could be psychological or it could actually be impact, but they have so much shame. They have so much shame, like to even tell their partner, it's like, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, if you blindfold me or if you use some ropes around me. But, you know, to start communication is often really tough. And then the fifth um, version is a shapeshifter. So you love everything, but you've often been with someone who's been either only sexual or something else. So you're kind of starving because you love everything, but you've only been getting fed in one way. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to know this and you start to feel each other and feed yourself what you want it's like oh my god a whole new world is opening (laughs) and it's just it's um it's a beautiful way to be and one of the ways that I've been teaching my my clients who you know haven't had sex for ages is like I take sex off the table so in scrumptious dates this is what I do I take for the first three weeks no sex it's all about communication and it's all about starting to touch and ask for the touch that you want just like we were saying we don't know that we actually like something we don't know that we can say no to something it's like you know this kind of pressure like nails up your your inside of your wrist is that pleasurable yes or no answer going down with a flat hand on the inside of your wrist is that pleasurable Yes, no. Which one was more pleasurable? A, with the nails, or B, with the flat hand? Questions that are really simple for the person who's receiving Mm -hmm. to answer, because then it's like, oh, you don't have to get back into your head, but you can just say, A, B, no, don't like it, yes. And not think about hurting the other person, but really it's like, oh, I like this. I like receiving. I think a lot of people have trouble receiving. I mean, I didn't realize, and even with (laughs) this weekend like it's hard to receive and especially when we're conditioned that like you can't you know there's a condition with receiving right it's like you can't just receive without having to give or you can't just receive without like there's some kind of attachment to it but it doesn't have to be that way and so we just have to uncondition the conditioning that we've been trained in and here you are doing that so you work with couples and with individuals Couples and individuals, and uh, I coach a lot of therapists and coaches actually to get rid of the trauma that they hold in their bodies because of working with other other clients. Yeah, yes, yeah. So this weekend I had to surrender a little bit as well. I know. <laughs> I just got engaged. It's amazing. 
And but so, that's the thing, right? You cannot both because we're dom dom couple, and it doesn't always work. And that's it's it's like I've learned how to actually step away from that. Like in my 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 work and everything, I can be this dominant energy because I need to hold people. But then when I'm with Alex and you know, he wants to give me something or he wants to plan the whole trip away, it's like okay, take a step back and be in the receiving energy. And also realizing that oftentimes we want to control things. It's not because we want to be controlling, but it's because we've had some kind of trauma response because it's like, oh, you know, like, or dyslexic children want to know what's going on because then they can preempt what the next bit is going to be, how they should act. I didn't realize that Alex was a dom as well. Yep. (laughs) That's so interesting. interesting. (laughs) It is because I was going to ask you, one, how does your fiance feel about all of this? And also, how do your children feel about you doing this kind of work? So I've got four Muslim kids. It's it's uh, today, I think is today or tomorrow is Eid. So it's the end of, of Ramadan. And I used to walk around this red t-shirt saying the pussy knows. <laughs> and, you know, and the kids are like, mommy, really? I mean, already my friends think you're a MILF and now you have to walk around like <laughs> this. So for the longest time, they really did not like that. Okay. Um, then they've seen the change in me and in the clients and in the people that I've worked with. I've actually had one of my, I've hypnotized, I'm also a hypnotherapist. So I've also hypnotized one of my kids and she has just completely changed her life from smoking quite a lot of pot to nothing and really being, you know, she's she's a great artist and she's got her first solo uh, or a new solo exhibition, got into the, the master school that she wanted of art. So I'm like, okay, it works. So they've actually seen where it's paid off where it's helped, you know, my parents, my sister transition, where it's helped all my clients. And now they're actually noticing how much has rubbed off on them without them knowing. Maybe not so much sexuality, but definitely consciousness. Being curious about people, knowing how to ask questions, knowing how to move through trauma, how to move through triggers so that they're not, you know, uh, being unconscious, that they're not reacting unconsciously, but they're really, they're responding in a conscious way. So yeah, no, at the moment, it's it's kind of cool. The last thing that my mom said, or or one of the last things in the last day that she was alive, she's like, I'm actually really proud that you are helping women get pleasure. She said, I never had a lot of sexual pleasure with, with your father and I was very ashamed because I just didn't think this was you know in my vocabulary or in my life to even have so many people have so much shame and I have to say that even who I am there was a lot of shame in my relationship and you know for a long time I didn't know how to communicate with my husband and he was a snorer so there was many years that we didn't even sleep in the same bed together and then something shifted and I realized that if I put a fan on at night that I could drown him out and that you know we needed to make it back together and then we he goes to sleep before I do. I'm a night crawler and he likes to go to sleep earlier. So the whole sex thing, it didn't really work for us because I wasn't ready to have sex when he wanted to have sex. So I would just masturbate and go to sleep. And then one night I was like, why am I masturbating when there is a man ready and willing <laughs> laying in the bed next to me? So this one night I decided to wake him up in the middle of the night. And he was like, that was the best night ever. ever 
And so I did it several nights in a row. I think, I don't even know, like at one point we went like 21 days and I was like, this is great because I can do it on my time. I can do it like my way, right? And he was so willing to oblige with me. But before there was like a lot of shame around that. Like I had shame because I wanted to masturbate before bed. I had shame because I didn't know how to communicate to that, that to him, you know? And so it's such a key point to be conscious and aware of what you're going through, because I feel like a lot of times we're in this autopilot and we just think, well, I'm just going to do this and get it over with, but Completely. (laughs) And that's the thing, right? This is why I teach my couples. It's like, put in a date for a date morning. Don't do it at night because you're all going to be tired. Yeah. Put the kids are going to be either out of the house, get a nanny, whatever, you know, send them off on play dates, put your phones away. Do not talk about work. Do not talk about children. Do not talk about any of your problems, but focus on each other. And even if you do that once a week for an hour and a half, two hours, you start communicating together. And then within no time, all my, all my, my sexless couples, you know, I, I tell them three weeks, no, um, no sex. And they come back after the second week. And it's like, you know, that homework that you gave us, like we actually kind of broke, we broke the draught. I'm like, yay. <laughs> The only time that the teacher is happy that the student didn't listen to the rules. <laughs> and it's just so cool because you start, start, you know, if you start focusing on things that you used to like, one of the things is like, start making a list of the things that you used to love about your partner and then, you know, read it to each other. And our minds cannot stay in the negative and the positive at the same time. So you're actually consciously rewiring your mind back to seeing all the good about each other. You you talk about this in gratitudes as well, right? But it's right because when you're grateful, you can't be angry. When you're grateful, you can't be resentful. When you're grateful, you know, all the negative goes away. So you shift the energy. And it's so important. And I think it's really important that this show gets in front of couples that have not connected and have thought that it was lost. And even people who look at me in my life and they see how in love Ben and I are, they don't know. Like this is 12 years in the making. There was definitely times within our relationship where we were not having sex we weren't sleeping together we weren't connecting at all we weren't communicating yeah um, what do they call it the seven seven year itch itch yeah seven year itch I went through the seven year itch and that was really hard because you know I remember sitting down with Ben and being like listen if you don't start communicating with me and shifting and changing. I'm about to go do like, I I felt it coming. It was coming. And I'm so grateful that I didn't have to go that far that we did reel it in and bring it back to a better place. But lots of couples out there struggling and the highlight reel of what we're watching on Facebook or Instagram or all the things you're not seeing the whole backstory of what it took to get to this point. And thank God there's people like Juliet doing this kind of work in the world. Thank you. And then there's also, you know, we're going through seasons. Sometimes, you know, I mean, menopause, yeah, hey, fun, not so fun. But, you know, your libido is kind of different. Or say that you're on your period or you've just had an accident. I mean, then you're in a resting state. And sometimes, you know, your partner might be in a resting state. He's got lots of stressful full things on in his job. And then all of a sudden you're like, but I'm curious, or I want to actually like start manifesting in sex. And it's like when you're not on the same, 
same level there, communication, right? It's all about communication. You don't always need to be on the same level, but it does need communication. And that's where actually that's, that's just so key. And then it's beautiful because you'll come together. It's like so cool that you're there and I'm somewhere completely different. And that's cool too. This has been amazing. I could talk to you about this stuff all day long. Tell the audience if they want to find you, how they can find you, how they can work with you. Where where do they go? Yes, my website is feelfullyyou.com. And there are lots of group programs. Um, I am redoing some VIP experiences. So you've already heard about the central, the light. There might actually be some dungeon work. I'm arranging Marrakesh and Paris soon for, for a few days for some, um, for some clients. Then there are a lot of group works that I do there. On Instagram, I'm Juliet Caraman. And on, on Facebook, I'm Juliet Caraman Van Schardenberg. So feel fully you is probably the easiest to find me. And from there on, you can just follow me on, on social media. There's a lot of, um, a lot of free stuff there. Um, a lot of meditations, a lot of codes that you get. So just listen, if there's something you want there, reach out. I love it. For those of you that are just joining us for the first time, finding the show, thank you for watching. My name is Shilamita. You can find me all over the internet. My website is www.shilamita.com. It's S-H-I-L-A-M-I-D-A. I hang out on Instagram at 50 Shades of Shilamita, also at goddess underscore of underscore gratitude. If you are listening to the show, you can go watch the show and I highly recommend you go find it on YouTube because Julia is a site. She's looking all kinds of gorgeous today. You can see what a vlog looks like and experience that as well. If you are on Facebook, come find me there. I also play on Facebook and on Pinterest. For those of you that come in week after week, I thank you for listening to the show. There is a new episode that airs every Wednesday, every Friday. Guests on my show are above and beyond. These are conversations that are you are definitely not having in your everyday life. My whole world is about manifesting, defying the impossible, and living out your dreamiest, most desirable, scrumptious life. <laughs> Julia, any last thoughts or words for the audience to leave us with today? Actually, yes. Set a timer for twice a day for 90 seconds. Put everything down and just take a breath. Notice where that breath falls in your body. And then what's the image that comes up? See that image? What's the thought that comes up? What's the emotion that follows? And what's the body sensation? And that in a nutshell is my R4 method that I take people through to actually become more conscious. That's beautiful. And I hope that everybody follows the advice. Go do it. Go lick your husband. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or your wife, or whoever you want to lick. <laughs> With consent, though. <laughs> Before you do this, you just say, hey, honey, do you have five minutes? Can I have five minutes of your time? And they say, yes, it's fine. They say no, then you'll start feeling rebooked, you know, <laughs> or if you try it without getting their consent, they just push you away. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that problem in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I even have my children. Mommy, can I lick you? I'm like, oh boy. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show today. I love you so much. I can't wait to see you again in person. Thanks to everybody for watching. I hope that you have the best day ever and we will see you on the internet. Bye.